Hello, Emma here. Just wanted to jump in and quickly say before you dive in and listen to this episode with Danny Dyer that this was recorded back in January 2020 in the podcast studio. So it was recorded a few months ago now. Obviously, a lot has changed in the world since we sat down to record this episode. Danny was such a warm and interesting guest and we had a lot of fun recording it. So I hope you are doing okay wherever you are listening to this and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete Podcast. Today's guest is with Danny Dyer, probably best known for winning ITV2's Love Island in 2018. She's also an actress, author, TV personality and designer. She was born in Canning Town and Danny is the daughter of EastEnders actor, who has the same name, Danny. Since winning Love Island, Danny has climbed Kilimanjaro with a team of celebrities, including former MP Ed Balls and Little Mix band members, raising over £2 million for comic relief. April 2019 saw the release of her first book, What Would Danny Do? A guide for young women, including many autobiographical anecdotes and very funny kind of life advice from Danny. It spent three weeks in the Sunday Times bestseller list and Danny has come on Control-Alt-Delete podcast to celebrate the book being released in paperback. It was really fun meeting Danny and having a chat. So I hope you enjoy listening in. And if you did enjoy it, please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It makes a huge difference. Thank you for listening and see you next week. I'm so excited to be sat here across from Danny Dyer, who obviously I got quite attached to during Love Island. <laughs> but I wondered if we could talk about your brilliant book, because it's <laughs> out in paperback now. But yeah. um, one of the first bits in it is about how your mum and dad were sort of torn about you going on it. Mm. You were saying that they had a bit of an argument, like, oh, we're not sure about this. Yes. How did that play out at the time? You know what, it was It was really tough because my mum, I was, I told first and then was like, mum, you know, I've been approached for Love Island and she was like, go for it, go for it. My mum was so, like, pushy, like, why don't you just go on Love Island? You don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> Great faith in me, mum. But it was very, like, you know, just go on it. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to tell my dad. And it wasn't two, two, two weeks before when I really made the decision that I told him and it was very, very awkward in the house because he just wasn't he wasn't thrilled about it he didn't really understand the concept of it and I was so glad when they won a BAFTA because I love when I won a BAFTA I was like oh see dad it is a really cool telly it's a cool programme but um, yeah my mum and dad didn't really get along but they sort of didn't tell me that because obviously when I was in there they were so worried my dad had my mum and dad had a whole week before it aired so they was like what's she doing is she okay you know so they was really worried about it but I guess I proved my dad wrong didn't I (laughs) yeah well because from the book I also get the sense you're obviously a really close family Mm, so maybe so so not messaging for a week actually is quite a big deal yeah it was it's really tough like because it was also because I didn't have the option to message them Mm. because I didn't speak to my mum and dad for like nine to ten weeks that's a long time. Yeah, such a long time. So long. But I mean, I wanted to start off with this question just because I've been thinking about it a lot and mm-hmm. I'm sure you're asked about it. But they kind of had a, a maybe a reason to be slightly worried just because of some of the negative press around reality TV. Mm. You never really know if the people inside are going to be OK. Yeah. I mean, h- how did you find it? Were you supported? 
so supported and they always made sure we was like before and afterwards you know you, you sort of see someone during the process because it is really difficult although it looks so much more when you're like sad on telly I feel like it looks so much more extreme when it's like shown because we have like 24 hours in the villa so that one hour they'll show you sobbing and you think oh my god she's been crying all day but it was just the moment mm. but completely even afterwards even with the press because you you, you cannot until you live it until you experience the good and the bad is the only time you can get through it and you are so supported and Mm -hmm. they really help you really guide you there was moments where I was like I'm I'm really struggling but it's also I feel like who you're around like I had such good like I've got such good family support friend support and I think seeing someone I I feel like I should still see someone now because just for our own minds just for our own mentality because I feel like we're so negative on ourselves and you know something good will happen and we always focus like focus on the bad I get I'm still like it now, but I feel like as long as I surround myself by my friends, my family, it just helps. It goes a long way. Do you think if you might maybe are slightly vulnerable or you don't necessarily have a support network, would you maybe recommend not going on it? You know what? I feel like you do have to have some stability, you know, because it is really hard. I mean, before I went on Love Island, I was so... Like, lost with the fairies a little bit, you know. I love love and fairy tales, you know. But I feel like it's, it's very, very important to have the right people around you, 100%. Yeah. I think you need that. Totally, in any job. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, as someone in the industry, the the PA... Personal appearances. Personal yeah. appearances. They are, like, there are so many. God, it seemed like the schedules were really packed. They are. I feel like, as well, boys come out and it's just, like so full on it's like every night every other night they're in this gig this place you get sort of pulled from pillar to post really and especially like with money as well I feel like it just gets sort of thrown at boys and like you do with girls but I feel like girls don't really do PAs um, whereas with boys they come out and they want the party life they want to have the fun and mm-hmm. and, it, and it must be really difficult I think for when it stops because it, it does stop do you know you can't do that for the rest of your life partying you know it and it is it is a really really difficult thing and it's so tough it is yeah it's funny that you said that about the girls because I guess um you guys were like in bed with your like socks on <laughs> and your cuddly toys and your eye mask and it was yeah. like I can't really imagine you guys wanting to like constantly be in nightclubs <laughs> no Georgia loves nightclubs Georgia will party until she's like 80 I think whereas me I was like just couldn't do it up and down you know the road all the time you know it's... and how did you cope with the complete sort of uh, rise in your social media following once you uh, left the villa because you as a viewer it's quite exciting to when you leave just make sure that you're following because then you can carry on following your yeah, lives yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but you can see the numbers go up yeah what's it, it like when you're suddenly met with that it was so weird for me because you sort of go in and then you come out and then they build they do build afterwards as well and it was crazy because you just don't know how big Love Island's going to be. You just don't know how you're being betrayed. You don't know anything. So when you come out and people are so supportive and so lovely, you're like, I'm so... But the thing is, it is a bit scary. It's a bit daunting because you think, am I posting the right thing? Should I post it this time? I'm not getting as many likes. It becomes so, so much of a rut sometimes. So as much as I love social media, I do think it can be a bit of a negative. Mm. I really do. Because you become so obsessed of like... Should I like? Should I post this or maybe I don't look as good in that picture or why hasn't that picture got as many likes? And I feel like Instagram do this massive thing, don't they? Like, oh, you know, they're going to change it around a bit, but they don't, mm. you know? Do you talk to the others about how they handle it? Because I guess you're all in the same boat a little bit with having mm. so many eyes on you suddenly. Yeah, yeah, I do. We do all... Oh, it's so difficult, though, because it's like we all have such different lives. Although we come out, everyone's mm. got different schedules, but when we have spoken, it, we all do feel the same. And mm. it's sort, sort of nice to be like, OK, it's not just 
just me that feels like this. I'm not the only one overthinking. Totally. I mean, did you watch that Jesse Nelson documentary? Yeah, that um, was heartbreaking. was really heartbreaking, yeah. but also really so refreshing to mm. see the curtain pulled back a little yeah. bit. And obviously, every, you know, it's okay to look stunning on Instagram. Mm. Like, I love seeing pretty pictures, yeah. but it's nice to also know maybe... The, the real side yeah, of it Yeah, have well. some realness because we don't always look like that, do we? Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely When you don't. wake up in the morning, <laughs> don't say that, but you know like when you wake up in the morning, like you wouldn't then, for some reason, you think, oh, I can't post that. You do need to definitely some, show some realness, I think, on social media. Yeah, I just feel really sad that I know what I look like with filters on and... <laughs> No, oh, we all want to be a filter though. Like every, like you think, oh, I don't look good today. Put a filter on it. We all, we're yeah. all guilty for it. I, like with the fake um, eyeliner and the and the butterflies. I know. I'm like, I way and less. then your lips are like, but the lips are ridiculous, ain't they? You're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Because um, in your book, you talk about body image in one of the chapters. You know, and just embracing all sides of who we are, and also reframing exercise as something that's kind of happy and something that we should enjoy beyond just how we look. Yeah. I did wonder about. Uh, how that ties in with Love Island because I guess the first shot on the first episode is you guys just like all in bikinis looking amazing. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, but like the bikinis, like it is, it is really scary and it is really daunting because you're like, oh my god, every single day. Um, but I feel like Love Island now. I feel like everyone's got all different shapes and sizes. Like I really, really do. I don't feel like there's just one type of girl on there. And I feel like even on. Um, my year when we was on there some had a bit of surgery some didn't you know and some girls wear thong bikinis some girls don't you know I feel like it is all is all different I feel like Love Island's definitely portraying that a little bit more now as well I did feel that they were making an effort on that um, it was funny though because I almost feel like we haven't done the same maybe with the guys yet it is weird isn't it but I feel like with the guys I feel like even if they casted a guy that didn't have abs they would try and get abs or something before they go go yeah. into the villa I really, really think that. I really, I think, I think guys struggle. I feel like because with with girls, I feel like with us we can dress how we feel, and you know, like some, you know, like if I'm having a bad day, I think I won't wear something really tight today because I don't feel great. Well, I think it must be difficult for a guy, and mm. I don't feel like they're as open as girls can be. That's really interesting. It's almost like we should see the prep before Love Island begins, yeah. of like how much people transform. Yeah, there would definitely be no carbs after certain hours. Like you do, you become so obsessed with it. I mean, how did you feel coming out when you had a platform? You, I mean, obviously, you were slightly different, I think, because maybe people would have known you before, maybe mm, in a different way, maybe. Maybe, but, but... But obviously you now have something really that you can use to leverage like other parts of your career. Yeah. Did you have a bit of a plan? Like, actually, I want to use it for this. Because it's interesting what everyone's gone on to do. Mm, you know what? Before I went on Love Island, I honestly didn't think I'd be on it for that long, really. Like, I remember my mum and dad saying... Mom and Dad, like, oh, I'll see you in a few weeks. Like, they did not think I would be on it for eight weeks, let alone win, win. it, you know. <laughs> Great faith again. But um, <laughs> when I come out, I just wanted to keep it to be, like, I just wanted to be myself, really. Like, I wanted to sort of go back to normality with my friends, my family, and still stick to the same jobs that I wanted to do. I didn't want to come out and promote things I didn't believe in. And, like, with clothes and, you know, brands and stuff, I just didn't want to change the way I was. Like, I'm never, ever going to pose on social media with everything hanging. Of course, if I'm on holiday, I'm wearing a nice bikini of course like show you wear a nice bikini but I'm, I'm not one of them people that will get everything out and some girls are totally cool with that and that's totally body confident but for me I'm just like that's not what I want to portray and I have such a younger audience like 12 13 year olds and I feel like I'm their big sister in that kind of sense so even when I'm working I've done like my own Vaseline lip range and it's all aimed to younger girls so everything I do 
I aim to them. Like, I aim to my younger sister's age. Mm. So I always have to think one step ahead. So even if I'm out on a night out and I'm having a few drinks, I think, don't show too much of that off because I don't want to advertise it. It's so weird. No, yeah, I do have nice. to think that one step ahead now. That's really good to know the age of your audience as well. Yeah, just they're as... so young. Yeah. Well, from the book, I obviously got that um, big sister vibe because you're answering questions from people. And um, I mean, did anything come up in terms of like a trend or a theme, something that you think young people are just like struggling with a bit at the moment? I think definitely body image. I think definitely social media. Um, I think it's definitely with like my sister, I can... can see the vibe that they're just so obsessed with everything's online and everything's on their phones and I just sometimes wish they'd just put their phones down I definitely think that's a problem at the minute Mm. I feel like for me on my age I didn't have Instagram and stuff at school I didn't we had like Bebo and Pixar and used to use like the flashing images and you know like the silly silly little things we used to do whereas now it's so intense they're so worried and they're so caught up in what they look like and editing photos and I think it's such a shame Mm. like I really want it to fade a little bit but I just don't know if it will I know what you mean because I feel like through even an adult brain where mm. you <sighs> you know enough about the world and you know the truth about things mm. even even being an adult on it is hard so Very sometimes difficult. I wonder in that vulnerable state of being a teen because mm. I am the same I was on MySpace and Bebo and I would definitely like take pictures of myself with a webcam and, yeah like... but you couldn't even see us really could you it was terrible <laughs> it photos. was like black and white yeah black and um, white that was and, the only filter and on MSN you could have like your little picture yeah but it wasn't it wasn't constant surveillance no. and constant pictures. Check it. Yeah, I don't think it was constant. I feel like you took pictures for memories, not so much to what you look like. Mm. And that, and I feel like now it is so much, oh, I can't post that because I don't look great. Whereas back then, the pictures, I look and I'm like, wow, daddy. But we was having fun. Exactly. We was having fun. I know. I, I, I feel lucky, actually, yeah. that I missed all that bit. But, but I wondered, with your career, because I read somewhere, and I don't know if this has changed, but that you do want to focus more on acting. Yeah. You are acting. Is that part of it you kind of want to channel what you're doing into something else as well mm, definitely beyond the social media yeah stuff, like I mean. it was so nice for the I did a couple of months in the TV and I was doing it from like October to December yeah. and I felt I felt like myself again like and the fact because when I wasn't before Love and stuff I'd go like to the National Youth Theatre and do courses summer courses and it weren't about anything really what you look like nothing and Antivity it was nice in the days I was just walking around I was in different cities and I was doing something I loved so it was so nice that I could do that mm. and I, and it really made me feel like myself again a bit I was like okay nothing else matters really I'm just doing something I enjoy and it was nice to feel that again. Do you it really feel was. in the moment when yeah, you're... Yeah, you're just buzzing. Like, it's just the best feeling in the world. I can't explain it. Because I was just saying to Danny before we started recording that I went to see the Nativity... Um, <laughs> I think I think it was the opening night. It was definitely the yeah, London the night. Yeah, the night, um, maybe. You know, all the big names were in that one. I was thinking, it's a lot of people, mm. and it was really exciting, and it was a big performance, but how... Do you get nervous? Were you nervous backstage before you came out, or are you just used to it now? You know what, the... Every venue we was in, so when I was touring, it was like we went we like Cardiff or Hampton, you know, all different kind of places, Plymouth, and there was every the first night before every perform like before every city we went to, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm really really scared, and. When we went to London, I remember the opening night, I was like, oh, my God, I'm really, really scared. I think press night because you think, oh, my God, whether I do something wrong. But then after that, I, I, I didn't even feel like there was an audience. I really didn't. And, and it was really nice because I did it the year before, but it was a, a lot more different. I didn't believe in myself as much then because this year, the following year, like Debbie, um, who's the writer and who done the film Nativity, turned it into like, the stage, she was like, Danny, your confidence has really grown. I was like, really? 
Oh, that was really so nice. nice to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you do, your dad's in it as well. Yeah, my dad's um, in it. <laughs> which is which is great because you're on stage at the same time yeah. in a lot of it. But I know in your book you always say it kind of annoys you, especially is it with guys or on dates or something where people would bring that up? Mm, and do I've you, had that a couple of times. I thought, I, I really thought, of course, you, that you found that annoying. Yeah, it was great. It was more like really off-putting because then I'd think, I mean, I've not, I've never really been a serial dater. I've never, I've not gone on loads and loads and loads of dates really because I just was never really interested. But a couple of dates I have been on with boys, it's like, the opening, and I think I've got to sit here and have a main dish with you. We're not even finished our starters yet. So it was just, I never liked that. It's just mm. a little bit like uh, cringe, you know? Yeah, no, totally. But do you feel almost like because it is so publicly known now, you are in the play with yeah. him, it's almost like you can sort of, it doesn't bother you as much maybe now? Or he won't, I don't even think it was the fact that I just think... Any any guy I think I would be with, even if it was now, if I wasn't in a relationship, I'd, I'd still find it a bit cringe if mm. I was like trying to be. Well, there was some that, sort of jokes yeah, in Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few jokes, and that, I think that got completely blown out of proportion as well. <laughs> but I just, oh, it's just, it's like imagine like you go on a date with a guy and they keep talking about your dad, and you're really like, what? Yeah, it's like, do you want to go on a date with my dad? Yeah, then? like this is, and 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 they feel like my, I feel like they act like my daddy's. They don't know my dad. My dad is so not the persona he's portrayed as. So when they try and feel like they know him, I'm really like, honey, you don't know him. <laughs> Let's just go now. Yeah. You know? But we'll split the bill. <laughs> yeah. With um, you saying about young people writing into you, and I know you sourced a lot of the questions from social media, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you manage all the messages you get? I'm guessing you get a lot. Do you have any sort of boundaries there? Because I feel like whether you have loads of followers or not, everyone deals with that, you know, feeling of... Oh, I don't really have the time to reply to all of this. Mm, yeah, I, I always make sure I reply to as much as I can. And it's so nice how much it means to them. You, I don't realise that, like, if I put a little love heart or, you know, have, have a lovely day or something, it means so much to them. And I like making people's day, so I do, even if it's when girls tag me and, like, the things they're wearing or something of, like, my clothes or my lashes or anything, I'm like, oh, that means more, that means a lot to me. Mm. Like, that really means a lot to me. And I just want them to feel like we're all the same. I just have a different job. I love that because I was talking to someone the other day about how People seem to only use social media sometimes to complain. Mm. And actually, I'm trying to do the opposite more where you just send someone a little message just saying, yeah. I really like what you're doing today. Yeah. Or I really like that thing you just did. Yeah, rather than like moaning. People yeah. like Twitter is such a miserable place. And I feel like Instagram can be a bit like that. So it's trying to get away from that a little bit. Yeah. Because in the book, you there's an example of you responding to a troll. And mm. I was like, yes, Danny, <laughs> reply. Oh, don't, I've had it a couple of times where I really nibble and I really bite. And I'm like, you just completely entertain that. Why did you do mm. that? But sometimes it needs to be done. How do you know when to bite back and actually... Because I think it's important too. I saw something on Twitter the other day. I think it was Maya Jama just calling out the Daily Mail for just being awful. Yeah. And I was like, I actually, staying silent and, and just ignoring it, also is good in certain ways yeah. to not give it attention. But sometimes I feel like you have to just no, call yeah. it out. Yeah. I think when there's been so much rubbish, like with my job, she had stuff printed about her, I think sometimes when there's been so much, you just sometimes have enough. But I reckon she probably did regret it a couple of hours later mm. because then it becomes another story. And then people are, that didn't hear about that story then hear about the story because, True. you know, you're advertising it. But sometimes I've had it, you're like, I really want to say something. I really want to say something. Like, but sometimes you have to sleep on it because sometimes I've done it, I've retaliated and thought that was in the moment. And because mm. we have phones, we can reply instantly. Yes. Whereas sometimes you have a few hours, you're over it. You're so right because uh, a rule I've 
started doing is if I feel angry or I yeah, feel yeah. fired up, don't reply then. Yeah, but right. if, if in a few hours you're still like slightly yeah. annoyed but you have a good response, you can do it. Maybe. Exactly, because usually you just put your instant reaction which is probably bitter and nasty whereas if you actually think you think a little bit more about it yeah. how can I do this a different way you could do a really I'm trying good that a lot yeah yeah no it's yeah. really good advice we're chatting now in January 2020 um, I wondered is there anything you're excited about for 2020 not necessarily a resolution or anything but mm. I don't know about you but I do like the idea of a new year yeah I, I like a new year it's also quite scary I feel like as I get older as well. Like a few years ago, if someone said like January is a bad month, I'd think, why is January a bad month? But as you get older, you start realising, don't you, actually more about life than what it's cracked out to be. But I think I'm really excited because I've definitely gone down avenues that I love and actually got to explore them. Um, and now I know what I like. Because before I was like, well, do I like? I'll try this, try that. And it's been nice to be like, I love this. I want to do more of this. I'm passionate about this and actually thinking more positive about things. Like there was a show last night on Channel 4 that I narrated, um, which was called Cockney Geezers and Diamond Dealers. And I've never done that narration um, for a show before. And it did so well. And it was so nice. I love that. I'd love to do that again. More acting stuff. Definitely more fashion. But it's nicer. Definitely I've got my hands in all the right doors Mm-mm-mm. I know what you mean because you must get quite a lot of offers now of random things yeah, maybe and some yeah. things might come in and you you might think oh that's kind of cool yeah. but actually does it make and is sense? it long term that's what I, I, that's what I think now because it's really hard the industry we're in you do get vulnerable quite a lot because you think is it when's it going to be over what am I going to do in two years what am I going to do in five years like when my friends all my friends really have such normal jobs and they'll know in three years they'll probably get a promotion they'll you know move here they'll do that and whereas us it's quite difficult because you're like I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years I'm hoping I'm still okay yeah that, that, that is so difficult that five-year plan thing it's really difficult and it's difficult striking that balance between yeah. feeling happy and doing enough and having yeah. a work-life balance yeah and then freaking yourself out to the mm. point where you overload yourself because yeah. you're like maybe it'll be over yeah that that is and I'll just think I've really this year need to just stop doing that because I'm so like that but do you find because I'm the same with I can't necessarily talk to my immediate best friends necessarily about work. And also I think they'd probably find it boring to talk about work. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. nice, it's nice to talk about other things with them. But do you have people around you who you feel like they get this industry and this this path you're on? Yeah, I think other def- friends. definitely I've got my, my best friends and they get it. But they also find it weird as well because my three best friends who have been my best friends since like 11, 12. So they always find it weird because they just look at me as Danny. They don't look at me as anything else. But I think honestly the best person has been my dad because he's in the industry so he gets it he really does about the media you know how to deal with it you know jobs if you're feeling a bit low but if I'm a boy he's like Danny the industry we're in you're gonna have your ups you're gonna have your downs I'm like but I don't want the downs he's like but you've got to have the downs like you have to mm. and also what a good life lesson experience really to go on Love Island in, the, in those early days because that I'm guessing that's a lot of highs and lows. Yeah. All in one go. Oh, all in one go. But it was great. It was such a... I feel like it's so nice to look back on something and think it was the best summer. Like, it was great. And I, I like that. Yeah. Well, what do you do in the summers now? <laughs> Holiday. You know what? It was so weird because... Last year was the first summer I've ever had off. I always I worked in a pub. I was a dental nurse before, so I'd always work on weekends. So I actually had weekends off with my friends and it was so weird. I was like, oh, I can go out on a Saturday now. Because usually I was working in the pub sweating. 
up and down the garden things. It was so big where I worked. So it was actually nice to have a summer to go on holidays, enjoy mm-hmm. myself, you know, have a little sunbathe, have barbecue. So it has been really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Because it, like you were saying in this... Um, the world that we're in and constantly trying to hustle and get what you know the jobs that we want yeah um taking time off can be a little bit scary weirdly yeah, yeah if we have if you have a few weeks off i think what am i gonna do what am i gonna do like, i feel like that i panic and it's like have them few weeks off take because there'll be times where you're working every day for five weeks oh well is there any sneak peek of anything you know that you're excited about coming up or we'll just have to wait and see you'll have to wait and see i'm doing a, um, a tv project um, in a couple of months so you'll see then oh, brilliant yeah. I look forward to it thank you. well thank you so much for coming thanks for on thanks for having me thank, thank you, you.